So I'm going to get dedicate the Dibri Torah tonight to the Neshama of Yehuda ben Yosef, whose anniversary of passing is tonight. When Adar comes in, he's supposed to increase in joy, and we just entered into Adar Sheni, the second Adar, and so the instruction of the Torah to increase in joy is uh, increased, and the question is, how do you reach this increase in joy that the Torah expects of us. We find in life that people which are happier are more successful. If not that successful people are happier, that happier people are, are more successful. And on the conversely, sadness is paralyzing. A person who's sad, they can't, they can't do anything. Sadness takes away all the energy you have in anything that you're doing. Like the Alter Rebbe writes in Tanya, in chapter 27, he gives a famous parable of people which are fighting. And there's two people in the ring. And one is has more, uh, is bigger, stronger, and uh, the other one is is smaller and weaker. And the author ever writes over there that just because he's smaller and weaker doesn't mean he's going to lose. It has to do with their energy level. And he says that somebody who is smaller may easily vanquish someone who is much stronger than him if he has a lot of energy. And what's the key to energy? What, what brings you that big, great energy? Hey, Abraham Omeir, Shom Aleichem. What brings you the energy? The Alter Rebbe says, Menachem Mendel, Shom Aleichem. What brings you to have this energy, the Alter Rebbe writes, is joy. Joy brings energy. And he says that you have to, you have to realize a general rule in fighting with your own evil inside yourself, the, the evil Yitzhahara, the negative inclination yourself, that... What brings you down is sadness. When you're sad, then that 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 paralyzes you. So you have to take away all worries, take away, open your heart, and release it from all worries and all inhibitions, and just to, and be full of joy in order to be in order to have the right energy to overcome uh, uh, any yitzhar. Does that sound good, Rishalik? I'll give you an example. So I want to go to school tomorrow. Okay. So if you do, if you feel like, like school is fantastic and you love school, you like, then you'll be like Garfield. You know what Garfield said? Garfield said of art. Garfield said, if we were meant to pop out of bed, we'd all be born in toasters. <laughs> so um, if, if you feel like there's something to get up for in the morning, you feel like there's something, something exciting to get up for, you pop out of bed. And on the other hand, if you feel like, like, like you feel sad and you feel worried, you feel anxiety, that, that takes away your energy. So Sadness takes away energy, and joy and lack of worry that brings energy. So it's a very important rule in life because there's a, there's a war being fought all the time inside of you between the good inclination and the negative inclination, and and key to victory is having high energy. And the key to having high energy is joy. And that's why Hasidim have this expression. The expression Hasidim say is that what sadness can bring you to, even though sadness is not officially a sin. No sin can bring you to such a low place. And where joy could bring you to, no mitzvah can bring you to such a high place. Though joy is not officially a mitzvah, where joy can bring you to, no mitzvah can bring you. And although sadness is not officially a sin, sadness can bring you down lower than any sin. The Hasidim of the Alt Rebbe heard the Alt Rebbe say that there are three things Hasidim accept as a mitzvah, though they're not officially a mitzvah, so one of them is to be joyous. That, 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 it, it's, it's so important. But the Rebendel Futafas 
uh, once saw a spider catch a fly. And the spider spun a web. The fly was tangled in the web. And the spider, instead of Mendel was expecting the spider to go over and to uh, attack the fly, but it doesn't. The spider stays and waits and waits. And sees a spy, the fly struggling in the web. And when the fly is totally lost all of his energy, then the spider goes and it's easy pickings. You understand what's going on? Who's a fly? Where's the fly? Who's the spider? The spider is Yitzhahara. Yitzhahara knows, or let's talk about Yitzhahara knowing, let's talk about it practically. When you lose your energy, then you're easy pickings for all kinds of negative things. You lose your, your drive, you lose your, Randall Futtafas used to say, you lost your money, you haven't lost anything. Money comes, money goes. You lost your health, a half a person's lost, Kasashal. But you lose your drive, that's it, the whole person's, the whole person's lost. So, this, the, the, uh, let's say you, make, you decide to go on a diet. I shouldn't announce this while everyone's in the middle of having a hamburger. But let's say you decided one day to go on a diet. You're doing good on the diet. The diet, the diet is two months old. You go on a diet, two months old, your diet's going really well. And then you, one day you have something negative happen to you. And you're all upset at what something that you did or something someone said. And you go home and you're totally like broken. And you have nothing to lose. That's, when, that's, that's, that's the worst time uh, to, 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 uh, for your diet. Your diet is... You, you're gonna, you, you, that, that's a time when it's really hard to maintain your diet. That's a time when you're easily going to succumb to, to uh, the fat guy inside you wakes up again. It's like, what, what, what diet? What are you talking about? What happens? You lost your energy. You lose your energy, so then you're 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 not going to win. And so, so the key, basically, of, of being victorious in life and anything is is simcha, is joy. Joy brings energy. That's why in our prayers we say the words: remove the satan from in front of us, remove the satan from behind us. What does it mean from the satan satan in front of us, satan behind us? How do you get to satan in front of us, satan behind us? What does it mean? So some Hasidic masters say like this, before you do a sin, the Yitzhahara, the Satan says to you, it's okay, Joseph, you deserve it, go have it, it's nothing, it's not a big deal, go do it. After you do it, what does the Yitzhahara say to you? You're a goy, you're hopeless, you're worthless. And, and so the Yitzhahara is not interested so much in the sin, he's interested more in the negative energy you have after the sin, like, and you feel worthless and helpless. And, and, and that, that's, that's why Maimonides writes, that joy is not a bonus. It's not like you serve Hashem, you serve God, and it's also even better to serve God with joy. Maimonides says that if you're serving God without now joy, you're you're uh, you're liable uh, to to be judged because he says it's an obligation to have joy. It's not just a nice thing, not just a bonus. It's an obligation to be, to be joy. It's a, it's, it's a chiv. It's an obligation. Um, but the question is, how do you get to that joy? How do you reach this level of joy? I mean, it seems like the world that we're in is very anti-joy. Have you ever like parked somewhere and someone comes over to you and congratulates you? Chaim Shalom, thank you for leaving another parking space. Thank you for not parking in both parking spaces. It doesn't, doesn't happen that often. If you park in both parking spaces, then they'll say, oh, how dare that guy do that? And all of a sudden, all these words and fingers will come out. But if you, if, if, if you park in one parking space... No one, no one says, oh, that's so nice of you, so wonderful. No, no one says that. And, and, and more than that, you know, the media puts in front of our faces all these, these, these things that you just have to have this in your life, to have that in your life, and then, and it's so easily accessible. And a lot of, a lot of um, disappointment that, that's out there, and it seems like the world is a little anti-joy. And so 
What's the key to be joyous? It says in the Torah, it says that humble ones will gather to, will add, I'm sorry, humble, humble ones will add their joy in God. Humility is what brings joy. But it doesn't seem like our world is such a humble world. It's a lot, it's a lot of jealousy and a lot of uh, negative energy. So, and also, bigger question. Feeling is not something you could command someone to have. I can tell you, Yisrael, like, you have to go and uh, go to school. I can't tell you you have to be happy. Right? It's a feeling in the heart. How can you command? The Torah says, Marbin Bissim have more joy in this month. You can't command the feeling. Feelings are, you feel the way you feel. The one limb in the human body that never lies is the heart. The heart feels how, how you feel. So how can we fulfill this commandment of the Torah this month? Marbin Bissimcha, increase in Simcha. How do you do it? So I want to share with you three steps towards increasing in joy. And here's a step number one. Well, before we get to step number one, let's first figure out why you're supposed to increase in joy in Adar. What happened in Adar? It's a very interesting, interesting thing. You know, let's say you're planning to go away for Passover. So the halacha is, you decided to go on a trip, you didn't check the calendar, and it turns out you're going away for Passover, you won't be around any, 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 where there's any, any Seder, and you're going to be in, the, in Timbuktu on the first night of the Seder. Can you say, well, I'll do the Seder a week early? I'll do the Seder a week early. I can't be home for the Seder, I'll do it a week early. You can't do that. The Seder is when the Seder is. You can't, you can't change the day. But for Purim, interesting thing, if you have to go on a trip, there are more rules in the Shulchan Aruch. I haven't seen anyone do this, but this is what he rules. And if you have to go away on a trip, read the Megillah before. Read the Megillah before. You're gonna, you're gonna, you know you're not going to be able to have a Megillah wherever you are. So take the Megillah out earlier on and read the Megillah before. So the, Because the whole month, says the Ramanj, in the Code of Jewish Law, says the whole month has been transformed to joy. Why the whole month? How did these four weeks of the year suddenly become times... What? Eight? eight weeks this year, right? There's two others. How did these eight weeks all of a sudden become joyous time? What, what happened? What's so special about this time? Find a lot of good things about this, about this month. It says if you have a court case, you should make the court case in this month. It says you have good mazel this month. There's a healthy mazel this month. What happened in this month? So the Gemara says something that gives us some insight. The Gemara says, just like in the month of Av, you have to decrease in joy, so too in the month of Adar, you have to increase in joy. What's the connection? Month of Av isn't just a month when something negative happened. The month of Av is a month when a whole cycle of negative events began. The month of Av is when the first temple was destroyed. And that the Jewish people were exiled from Israel, and the second temple was destroyed, and the Jews were expelled from Spain, and they were expelled from England, and, and the World War I started then, and the final solution started then. And all, all, all these negative events happened the same day in the 9th of Av. But it's all connected to... to the event of destruction of the temple. So it's not just one event. Similarly, the month of Adar. What happened in the month of Adar? The month of Adar is a month when Moshe Rabbeinu, when Moses was born. So Moshe Rabbeinu's birth caused such a, a revelation of God's kindness and mercy in the world. So it wasn't just that it was a, a, a happy day. It made the whole month a month of Simcha. Moshe Rabbeinu's birth, Moshe, it, it transformed the energy of the whole month. So it's not just one, just like a month of, of, of and the negative. It wasn't just, wasn't just one event. It was an event that caused many other negative events that won't be transformed until Mashiach comes. Mamish. Similarly, month of Adar is a, the month when something so powerful happened that it was triggered many other wonderful things. That's why Rashi comments on the Gemara, he says, why should you add in joy in Adar? He says that these are days of joy for the Jewish people, the days of Purim and Passover. When's Passover? Passover. In the month of Nisan. 
Sakon mentioning Passover, so Rashi, that's Rashi says, Mar Mesimchem, Mesimchem, Yisrael Puno Pesach. What Pesach? Because Rashi is saying, you know why these are joyous days? Not just one thing. It's a day of joy, it's a time of joy which causes other other joyous events. It's not just one day of joy. It's it's, it's a cycle of joy. It's it's, it's, a, it's 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 a whole domino thing going on. So that's what's going on this month. But how do you do it? So here I want to share three steps to Simcha. Step number one. I'll tell you a story. There was in Tavshin Lamid in 1970. There was a woman who passed away, Mrs. Gansberg, in Crown Heights. Her husband, Abbe Gansberg, um, she passed away in the second day of Sukkot. Unfortunately, I know what that feels like. My father passed away the day before Shana Rava. And now, after, you can't do, the, the burial is done, but you can't sit Shiva. You don't do the morning prayer until after the holiday. So what do you do? So you're supposed to like celebrate, because it's in Torah. But how do you celebrate? It's just, it's, 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 not, it's not easy. So what happens is, is that Rabbi Gansberg is with his kids, his five orphans, the night of Simchas Torah. Every year on the night of Simchas Torah, his family would always do, as the Rebbe instructs us, not just to be joyous yourself, but to go to another synagogue and bring joy to another synagogue. That's what Chabad Chassidim, on, on every holiday, and Passover, and Shavuos, and Sukkot, they walk to another synagogue, and they share words of Torah, and they sing. So his family would always go, he would go with his kids, with his five kids, always to this little synagogue in East Flatbush. So... He told his kids we're going. His kids come, they go to the synagogue and he's flatbush. Talucha, right, Yisrael? Okay, they go to the synagogue and he's flatbush. And he starts to dance, and he's dancing such excitement and, and happiness. Somehow he did it. So, so, soul energy. Rabbi Gansberg was also responsible for the songs in the Rebbe's show. So he comes back from this synagogue and he's flatbush. And he has to go lead the songs in 770. There's thousands of people in 770. He's supposed to be the maestro encouraging all the simcha, choosing the songs of the night. So he started a song. People say that Eben never encouraged the singing. Eben always, you know, moved his hands. and Sometimes Eben would stand up and dance. But the, Rebbe, the people said never before or after was there such a moment in 770 like, like this moment. He started a song with these words. Thank God none of you speak Russian, so you don't know how I mispronounce those words. That means, in fire we will not burn, and in water we will not drown. That's what those words mean. In fire we won't burn, in water we won't drown. So he started that nigan, and everybody turned to him, and everybody started clapping, and simcha, and simcha, and the whole, you know, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a night. Fast forward 20 years. 20 years later, the secretary in Tzivas Hashem, Tzivas Hashem is the name of the Chabad International Children's um, organization. They get a phone call in the middle of Sukkot before Simchas Torah. This guy is on the phone. He calls up the secretary there, and he tells her, "Chaim, Chaim." He says to her, "I want to make something special for Jewish kids. I want to do something that Jewish kids should really celebrate Simchas Torah in the whole world. And every show, I want to sponsor something. What do you suggest we do? I want to do something special for kids. So whether candies or or things or flags or." We're going to do something for the special for kids. I'm going to sponsor the whole world's Simchas on me. So the secretary says, that's, that's very nice. Why do you want to do this? He says, because when I was a kid, I used to go to this small synagogue in East Flatbush. And oh, this guy once came to the synagogue, and I never saw anybody dance like that. He was so happy. I said to my dad, Dad, this guy just won the, won the, the, the lottery or something? So my dad said, no, actually, his wife just passed away uh, a few days ago. And I saw the way he was dancing, how important it is to be joyous in Torah. And I decided that day, if I ever I'll have any money, I want to dedicate that to, to help kids dance in Torah. 
So the step number one in Simcha is, you know what step number one in joy is? Step number one in joy is to decide to be happy. No matter what happens, to decide you're going to be happy. You know Monopoly? I think Monopoly is a boring game, but people like Monopoly. Why? I think because they just decided they're going to enjoy Monopoly. That's why I think. I think they, they play like it's a game that never ends. It just never ends. <laughs> it doesn't end. And, and, and but people sit there and they're enjoying and they like it and they go on. Could be could be there's something whatever. They, they say in Israel, you can't argue about, about about enjoyment. People have the things they enjoy. But I think it's ridiculous. I think people just decide they're going to enjoy. It. But the truth is that that's powerful. You could decide you're going to enjoy. You could decide to be happy. That's number one. You have to decide. The Torah says to, to be happy in month of other. Step number one is you decide I'm going to be with Simcha. I'm going to be happy. That's step number one. And you know what? It's not an easy thing. That's why the Maimonides, which I quoted before, doesn't just say you have to do it. And you and he says actually, if you don't do it, there's a, there's an opposite of blessing. By if you're not happy, and the Alter Rebbe actually asks a question: How come you get punished for not being happy? What does that mean? And the Alter Rebbe answers interesting answer. He says, it's not that you're getting punished for not being happy. It's that every person makes mistakes. But there's a way to sweeten God's judgment. So what is make make it sweeter? How do you sweeten God's judgment? The way you sweeten God's judgment is by being besimcha. By you being joyous, it brings God's kindness upon you. As we say in our prayers every day, God wants those who expect His kindness. By thinking about God's kindness and being happy, as the Zohar says, when a person shows joy in this world, God shows him joy from above. So you sweet. It's not that you're getting punished not being happy. It's that you're able to sweeten all the judgments by your simcha, by your happiness. So. Maimonides says in that, in that same sentence, he says, happiness is a great effort. It's an effort. It's not something you have to change your habits and decide I'm going to be happy, no matter what. That's step number one. Step number two. Step number two is, what brings happiness? What makes people happy? Does happiness happen because you're, you have pleasure? People, it's, 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 it's uh, been a discussion of, you know, of, of, of all kinds of people all, all over history. But it, 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 it turns out that having pleasure or something doesn't actually necessarily bring you happiness. What brings happiness is, is value. You feel value in yourself and in the things that you have. It's like, like the Zohar says that the word for um, happiness, besimcha, has the same letters as the word machshava, thoughts. Happiness, machshava, and besimcha and machshava are the same letters. The Talmud says that Adam was an ingrate. You ever heard of Adam Yisraelik? Adam was an ingrate. Where was Adam living? In Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden. He was living in paradise, and he wasn't happy. And then there are people who were living in Auschwitz, and they were saying blessings in the morning. They were happy. So everyone's not, everyone's living somewhere between those two extremes. You're not living necessarily in paradise, but you're also not living in Auschwitz. And so the Torah has a shalom. So the Torah is telling us that our thoughts, our attitude to our, to our lives is really a dominating force in regards to the joy the Torah wants us to have. It's our, our thoughts are powerful. Not just our thoughts are powerful, another important thing is our words. What, what is a human being called in the Torah? What's the definition of a human being? Medaber. Medaber. Speak, the one who speaks. Because our words are very powerful. We find in many areas in the Torah the power of speech. For example, there is a mitzvah. If someone made a mistake, they have to go to God and they have to confess their sins. 
Why did they confess their sins? Made a mistake to confess your sins. Why confess your sins? If you regretted what you did, great. If you didn't regret what you did, and you, and you just say, I, I'm sorry, you're not, you're not sorry, what's the point? Say, I'm sorry. Hashem has a mitzvah. Maybe parents, they tell their kids, say, I'm sorry. But Hashem tells the same thing. Say, I'm sorry. Why say you're sorry? If you feel sorry, then you feel sorry. Don't feel sorry. What's the point of saying you're sorry? Why is there a mitzvah to, 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 to confess and to say, I'm sorry? The answer is, is that your words are powerful. And when you stand before God, and, and you, you might feel regret by saying before God that you, that you regret, that that adds to their feelings of regret that they should be more more sincere. So how my teacher, when my son makes trouble, and he says, and he says, and the kid says, I'm sorry, he's like, no, you're not sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, no, what's a, uh, don't you uh, need yeah. children to make videos? Uh, teachers have very, very special talents, Israelic. Speechers have eyes behind their head and they can see inside your heart, so, so don't, don't question teachers. No, but don't okay. we have to have children before we make videos? Yes, no, yes, it's, it's true that if you confess and you don't have sincerity, it's worthless. But other than if you have sincerity and you don't confess, you're also missing something. Why have to say it? Because saying it makes it more sincere. Another example. The Torah says that there was, used to be a disease that people don't get anymore called saras. If you spoke ill about somebody else, you get this disease. So, what's the, how did this disease work? The first thing the disease affected was is your house. Then it would affect your clothing. Then it would affect, and the disease would come upon you. So, why, why did it go in that order? It's because the, the, the problem with saying negative things about other people isn't just because you're ruining other people's lives. It's you're ruining your own, your own life. And the Torah gives their certain signs. Hey, watch out, watch out. Your speech can touch, speech, Hasidus teaches, speech touches the essence of the soul. And therefore the words that you say are incredibly powerful. So if you say something negative, it's not just you're ruining someone else's life. You're ruining your own life because you're bringing out all kinds of negative energy and that's, that's not a good thing. So therefore, what does the Torah tell us to do? Rabbi Yaman Klein al-Vashon, he was working as a, Rebbe, a secretary for the Rebbe when he first got, was brought on as a secretary, he was a young, young boy, the chief secretary of the Rebbe, Rabbi, Rabbi um, Kharakov, very good. Rabbi Kharakov said to him, what are you going to see? You're going to see. I can't stop what you're going to see. You're going to know things. In other words, in, their, in the Rebbe's office, everyone's lives, you know, is, is, is the most intimate things in people's lives are, 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 were, were discussed with the Rebbe. And the secretaries saw a lot of things. So Rabbi Kharakov told Rabbi Klein, what are you going to see? You can't control. What are you going to say? You could control. That's what we have power over. So the Torah tells us the very first thing we're supposed to do in the morning is thank Hashem, show gratitude. By expressing gratitude in the morning, starting off with Medaani, you're giving value to your life, giving value to being a Jew. As we as we discussed a few times, we see Medaani, you're not just thanking God for being alive, you're thanking God for being Jewish. That's what we say when we, we see Medaani, you say, Thank you, God, for my soul. Why my soul? Thank you, God, for having a soul, for being alive. No, you're thanking God for having connection to God. So starting off your day and, realize, and, and giving yourself self-esteem, uh, self-value, that you're worth something. And, and, you th- and you continue the next few pages of the morning blessing. You thank God that you have food. And thank God that you have clothing. That brings joy. That makes you feel gratitude is what brings joy. But besides, that's step number two. Step number two is, is saying and thinking thoughts of gratitude. And the number three is like this. Number three is that Okay, I'll, I'll, add a, I'll add a fourth step. Why not? The step number three is is to add value to your life. Add value. It says in the Torah that when Ezra returned from Babylonia back to Israel, 
Torah says he celebrated for the first time since the days of, of Joshua. No one had ever, ever celebrated the holiday of Sukkot, and he celebrated the holiday of Sukkot. What do you mean no one celebrated the holiday of Sukkot? There are no religious people from the time of Joshua until the time of Ezra. No one kept Sukkot till then. What does it mean? You know what it means? Huh? People were living in Israel. So they had a Sukkah. They had a Sukkah, so what? But when they came back from Babylonia, and they hadn't been in Israel for 80, for 70 years, all of a sudden it was like, wow! Sukkot! It's a, it's a, it's, it's a simcha. It's, it's, it's something incredible. Now it's celebrating Sukkot. Now it's something else. Not really so relevant, but I mean, Machkin Angazunt from Montreal. And the first night of Sukkot, he once made a big celebration in the Sukkah, and the neighbor came by, and the police also came by. It's too loud. <laughs> so he told the officer, Officer, you know, it's hard out there. And now we have a holiday. He tells him in Yiddish, tells the, the non Jewish officer, It's Sukkot in the world. It's Sukkot in the world. So we celebrate a little bit. I was all right, you know, you have a point there. <laughs> Anyways, so now, my friends, it's Adar of the Velt. It's Adar in the world. So the Torah tells us to add, you know what happens in the month of Adar? month of Adar, God shows each Jew success in what they're doing. God shows us more mazel. So the greatest joy a Jew has, not just in the fact that you have more success, that's true too, but in seeing that God's with you in what you're doing, that you're not alone, that God's with you and God's holding your hand, you see Hashem's giving you success, that adds in Simcha. You see that adds in Simcha. And the last thing I want to mention is, so realizing what you have, in other words, the sudden shift that, that, that all of a sudden you feel Hashem's with you, it's like the Jewish people coming back from Babylonia. You feel like, oh, it's the month of Adar. Hashem is with me. I see something. So then it's Sukkot Zervdevel. It's Sufrelech. It's Labadik. God's always with you, but now you see it more. You see it's like it's, it's, it's something new, something special. And finally, I want to share the following. Very powerful thing. They were told... Step three, then. Well, step three is to add value to your life and realize, realize we're doing more special things and especially by realizing and thinking about God's hand in your life. In the month of Adar especially, the special renewal of divine providence that we see in the month of Adar more than the rest of the year. Hashem shows us a greater success in what we're doing. And thinking about how Hashem is with you in a special way in this month of Adar, that adds in Simcha. Because the greatest joy you could have is thinking, is realizing... Raised joy a Jew has is realizing Hashem is with him. Number four, my, my grandfather Rabbi Fogelman would always say that if you want to be b'simcha, make another person who's not, who's not happy, help another Jew who's not happy, help them become happy. That's great. And never spoke about how in the month of Adar, a husband should make his wife happy, a father should make his child happy. Sometimes a father says a stern word to his child. In the month of Adar, you have to say happy things and bring happiness to, to your family. And uh, go to munchies and other other things. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to share any any questions, comments, criticism, tomatoes, cucumbers. How do you deal with other people when they want to ruin things for you? How do you? I want to be happy, but there's somebody that's standing on the sideline trying to. What will make them happy? You don't know. It's a very big challenge. Yeah. It's a very big challenge. Um, one good thing about joy is that it's contagious. Yeah. But it's not, it's not, it's not necessarily that you... Uh, I shouldn't say this, but whatever. It's for bringing. I used to wake up... One of my roommates is actually visiting visiting Los Angeles now when I was in Yeshiva. I used to wake up every morning in, in, in my dorm room in Yeshiva, and I used to sing. 
and my roommates hated it. <laughs> Until I stopped singing. Then we became friends again. <laughs> I just sing, whatever. So, I sing Baruch HaMalachim Mashiach backwards every morning. What? <laughs> you can hear it, you don't have to hear it. Anyway, the point is, being a simple doesn't mean that you do things which, which are abrasive and annoying and over-charismatic, but actual things that bring people to be happiness, you know? To actual do things that, everyone has something that makes them feel good, you know? Finding the thing that makes that person feel good will bring them to be a simcha. And it's, it's, uh, it, it, it takes perseverance. It takes perseverance that you're interested in causing joy to the other person. It's, uh, it doesn't happen overnight, but it'll happen. I, t- I told you a story uh, a few weeks ago. It's a good story. It's, it's, it's a terrible story, but it bears repeating. Uh, but this gentleman didn't like his wife tell you a story? No. The guy didn't like his wife. He went to a capitalist. He said, can you curse my wife, please? That my wife should die. So the capitalist said, your wife has so many more years ahead of her, I can't do it. But if, she, if the next month of her life she'll enjoy a lot, oh, yeah. then what? if she'll, she'll enjoy the next month of her life a lot, then, then, then that, will be, that will be like having many years. She'll have all the joy and all the pleasure in one month. So what do I need to do? Make sure next month is really, really, really enjoyable for your wife. So that month he's, he's showering his wife with gifts and kind words. And at first she thought he was just not, she was just making fun of her. But then she saw it's consistent, it's real. So she started to reciprocate, she had to be happy. And then the night before the 30th day, he calls up the capitalist and he says, the capitalist calls him up and says, okay, tomorrow we're going to do the curse. He says, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. When, when, you, give, when you give another person love and joy, and it, it's, 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 it's foolproof. It, 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 it's it's reciprocation. In their, in their language, in their love language, whatever the person is, something that, that makes them feel feel the same. But uh, you're right, you can't... You can't, you can't um, you can't live in someone else's head. You can't live in someone else's head. But at the same time, if there's a will to, to, to help another person be besimcha, Hashem will help. L'chaim, l'chaim, v'rachim. L'chaim, v'rachim.